Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Jared Weiss, I'm here with Kevin O'Connor. Marcus Smart had his first career triple-double tonight, but is that what mattered? You know, Smart's triple-double was nice to see tonight, but him playing more pick-and-roll was really the relevant story from tonight's game. The Smart's, Smart's been hurt this year, but even when he's been playing, the ball hasn't been in his hands the whole lot. He's played more off-ball, but in the second year of his career, I think it's crucially important for him to have the ball in his hands, whether it's running pick-and-roll or whether it's just simply facilitating offense and transition, and even though that means there's less Evan Turner. Well, Evan Turner's been a primary ball handler behind Isaiah Thomas for the last, pretty much the last year, and he's been good in that role, but Marcus is the guy that needs to take over that role eventually. They got to push him out into that role now. Yeah, Evan Turner is probably the team's second best playmaker behind Isaiah Thomas and maybe the team's best, second best defender on the wing besides Jay Crowder. But who's the player long term that could win you a championship? I think that player could be Marcus Smart, but you need to develop him, especially in a crucially important second year. All right, Kevin wrote a bunch of words about this, so read them below and stay tuned on this exact playlist for the full Garden Report postgame show with that guy over there, Sam Packer, too. <laughs> stay tuned. It's good, you know, just all around the table for everybody. And this team, you know, much needed. You know, we were in a slump. And, you know, we came out with two, uh, two victories at home, much needed, and now we start this road trip. And uh, hopefully we can, we can ride this way. Yeah, I don't, you know, the one thing, and... You know, I say this out of like respect for his game. I don't think confidence is ever an issue. I think he, he you know, he's a he's a physical kid. He's a competitive kid. Um, he believes he belongs out there, and he believes he can excel out there. And you know, he's getting better every time he takes the court. Uh, he did some really good things tonight, including you know, guarding Mirza when Mirza got going, which was really good. And. Um, you know, that's what we need him to be. We need him to be kind of a jack-of-all-trades. Celtics win wire-to-wire -wire with the blowout over the Phoenix Suns on Friday night. This is the Garden Report, powered by Grandstand on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. Yes, I'm the boss. Welcome to the program. I am Jared Weiss, next to Kevin O'Connor of Celtics Blog. And this silly goose right here, Sam Packer, the funniest man in America from WEI.com and the WEI Celtics Podcast, which I am also on. Let's talk about what happened tonight. Marcus Smart had his first triple-double of his career, but who cares at all? Yeah, I thought the most important part that comes out of game was Smart ran more pick and roll. They put the ball in his hands. That's what you want to see from him because you need to develop him in the second year of his career with the ball game. He's a point guard after all, and he could be not necessarily the starter going forward because of Isaiah Thomas. 
but he could be the second ball handler behind Isaiah this was one of the most BS triple doubles I've ever seen. One stat that's cool, it's the first triple double off the bench uh, by the Celtics since a guy named Hambone Williams did it in 1971. So that's pretty sweet. But he's got, what, five assists in the final three minutes of the second quarter during uh, Kelly Olynyk's crazy run, which we'll talk about in part two. But those are mostly just finding a wide open Kelly Olynyk in transition. I wasn't too impressed by what Smart did tonight. I think his shooting still needs a lot of work and right now if I'm trying to win a game tomorrow night if I'm trying to win the Wizards game my second ball handler is going to be Evan Turner well for one you are trying to win that game it's very important I Evan Turner has been a good ball handler overall but they got to push Marcus into this I mean he is finally healthy again it appears and he looks to be a little bit consistent now he was pretty consistent the first few games that he was back but he's kind of at that point where it looks like they're ready to kind of push him out there and I mean, he's he's the kind of the franchise guy, Kevin. You gotta, you gotta kind of force him into this role. And Evan Turner will still get his chance to be Evan Turner. He just, Evan Turner doesn't have to be that guy for thirty minutes every single night. Yeah, I mean Sam's right that Turner does give you a better chance to win now. Really, he's, he's having the best year of his career. He's been his team's second best playmaker behind Isaiah Thomas. He's been one of their best wing defenders. So, you know, it's tough for the Suns. It's tough for Brad Stevens because he can rely on Evan Turner. Especially against a winnable, uh, bad opponent like the Wizards. But even tonight, it seems like they kind of made a point to get the ball in small teams. Maybe it was part of the plan against a team like Phoenix, who really, I think, have given up on the season already. They, they just looked terrible tonight. Marky Morris definitely has given up on the season. Oh, the whole team's given up on the season. But I think the key thing with Marcus Smart is that if the ball's in his hand, he needs to actually be attacking the basket. It's not going to come around the pick and make a pocket pass now and then. He's much better when he can actually go to the rim. It's something we all thought he was going to do. And injuries kind of stunted that last year. That could be an issue coming back from the injury this year, but I haven't seen it, him do it consistently. And that's what he's going to need to do to take that next step in his development. Because it's not just coming around the pick and roll. It's coming around the pick and roll and attacking. That's what spreads open the office. Sam's right. Injuries have stunted that, especially this season, I think. But even last year, he had a lot of touches and a lot of passes per possession before the Isaiah Thomas trade. And after that trade, understandably, Thomas was your best ball he's a, he's, he's a superstar in the Celtics. But I, I just don't think, you know, I like Evan Turner a lot, but I don't know if the good outweighs response to that. The thing is with Marcus right now, he can get into the second level of the defense, but he's not able to get through it to actually get to the rim. It's a thing where they kind of just kind of have to have him do it over and over again until he starts to. Because, you know, as much as you can do it in scrimmage, it's not, it's just not the same. And, you know, the guys out there in scrimmage don't want to kill you quite the way that the guys in the court actually want to. And you've got to just have that experience of repetitively getting past the defender on the pick and roll and having it where there's a center charging at you and you got to make a quick decision. How are you going to get around him? Who are you going to kick it to? Because you can't be a point guard and just keep passing it to the guy in the corner on the same side as you because then the offense never actually goes anywhere. That's where Smart is for the most part right now in this game. If he's going to get to Turner or Isaiah's level, he's going to have to just really through experience just get the repetitions in to become that kind of player. And he should study what Evan Turner does because right now Marcus Smart has zero mid-range game. He either tries to go all the way to the rack, he has zero floater, zero pull-ups, and that's kind of Evan Turner's bread and butter. So if he kind of wants to progress, practicing with Turner's a great step. I don't disagree with that. I think, you know, especially for Smart and college, he's just always got it. 
went through guys and drew a lot of fouls. But in the NBA, he can't do that because guys are bigger, as you mentioned. But he needs to adjust to the speed of the game. He needs to adjust to the size and the strength of his players. I just think that takes reps. But you invested a lot in him as a sixth pick, and I don't know if you're going to get that from Turner, even though he does help you in games this year. Okay, well, we're going to get back to this conversation in part two. But before we go, we've got to do the Grand Sam play of the game. Grand Sam for sports fans in the stands. Hi-ya! Nice karate moves there. Let's go to the play. Of course, Grand Sam, you can download it at grandsam.me or on the app store. I mean, the, everything feels better when the ball hits the net. You know, I, I think that that's the bottom line. I mean, he can he can shoot the basketball. He was clearly feeling good. Um, and you know, once he hit one or two, then you know the the uh, the rim just looks a little wider. And it was good. We we needed a night where we shot the ball well from three. Um, so it was good to see the ball go through the net some. Welcome back to part two. Before we talk about Kelly Olynyk's performance, we have to talk about Celtics lineup. So lineup is starting to evolve now, really towards the kind of small ball team that they looked like they were going to be at the beginning of the year. What lineup should be closing out the game? Sam, start with you. We'll work our way back. Uh, I think it's the small ball lineup that we're seeing come in at the kind of end of the first quarter or end of the second quarter. It's Isaiah Thomas and then the kind of three-headed monster of Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley, Jake Crowder, and then Amir Johnson if his ankles are holding up. But I think you can really rotate in any big man, Sully, Olenek, really play the hot hand. But it's those four players, those four guards or wings, I think are the best players on the team, so they should be playing. I agree with Sam. I mean, I think Amir Johnson, though, is definitely the best five in that lineup because he's able to play on both ends of the floor. Very good rim protector, and he's a great rim runner. Sets good, good screens. I think he's more consistent than Olenek and all the other bigs. So I, I like Amir Johnson in those lineups, as long as he's healthy and his ankles are holding up. That's really disappointing. That's exactly the lineup I was going to say. So that was kind of pointless. All right, well, we all agree. Um, I Hooray! Just, <laughs> I said it a hundred times on the show, I believe, that the defensive pressure on the perimeter is what really keys the Celtics. It's what allows them to kind of more organically get to 90-shot attempts, and it's what kind of gives them the edge because their offense doesn't really give them an edge, and it's what gets them. Oh, the let me take that back. I definitely want Amir Johnson in, the starting, in that lineup because – Watching him play defense tonight, positionally, when he's able to slide over, and it really helps out the perimeter defenders that you were talking about. So I take it back, he should be playing uh, all times. And especially because Jay Crowder, I brought up a few times, he keeps getting caught when he's guarding fours in kind of no man's land. And Amir is the best rotational pivot guy on the team, although Olenek has made some improvements. But Amir is the best on the team. He's the one that's going to be able to cover the backside for Crowder when Crowder gets caught in no man's land up by the free throw line. Well, it's like Brad Stevens said before today's game, Amir Johnson can defend rim-running bigs like Tyson Chandler, or he can defend more creative, shifty bigs like Markeith Morris. Johnson's a versatile player, and he can defend different types of bigs. I think that allows you to play really however way you want in front, whether it's a super aggressive with a crowder maybe cheating a little off, or smart helping down low a little bit more than you normally have, because Johnson can cover ground easily and block a lot of shots too. Right, because you brought him up, and comment on this below, does anyone here want to still get Markeith Morris on this ball club after what they saw tonight, which has been pretty much what he's been doing all year. Hell yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Four years, $8 million, that contract's insane. Unreal. He's not going to be angry at the Celtics uh, for trading away his twin. 
Why not? He's a tall, uh, big man who can shoot from the outside. He's versatile. Value pick. Absolutely. One game's a small sample size. Bring him on board. Plus, he's got a cool name. He does Mark have Keith a cool name. Keith. I don't know any other Mark Keefe. It's a great name, but I think the name is all he has going for him. I'm, I'm not a big... I'm not a big Mark Keefe Morris. I'm not, I'm not a big Mark Keefe Morris fan. I, I, I worry about his inconsistencies. He really turned it on a year and a half ago after they got his brother, after they were together. And besides the, the time he's been with Marcus Morris, he hasn't been that good of a player. So you wonder if there's something happening up here with him that really makes things click when he's with his brother compared to when he's all alone. Something right here. It's kind of all around there. Yeah, Twins are weird, man. Yeah. They, got, they, they, they got some weird brain yeah. stuff yeah, going on. Yeah, they do. Well, I mean, with two things with Keith, he played really well ahead of that contract that he got where he, he and Marcus really had to kind of split yeah. up the pot. He hasn't played nearly as well since then before they got rid of Marcus. And then since they got rid of Marcus, he completely just threw it in the tank and didn't give a shit But anymore. he's on a garbage, garbage team right now, and it seems like everyone's checked out to kind of single him out as the one bad player when no one played defense on the Suns tonight. It's kind of, he's a real dysfunctional situation. I don't think you can really, I think there's still potential there. To completely dismiss him based on this Suns season seems a little bit unfair to Marquis. Well, Sam's right, but even when he was a good player, I mean, he was like a 31, 32% three-point shooter. It's not like he's effectively, you know, helping your three-point shooting. He's not a 37, 38% He's marginally shooter. better than Soldier. Yeah, exactly. And he's like a similar kind of player. I think you already he's have a better guy. better than Soldier, though. Yeah, offensively, he's, at least. he's better offensively, yeah. but I think Sellinger's a significantly better rebounder. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're comparing apples and oranges here; they're different players. But for what the Celtics use him, I think Sellinger's better overall. We're more Marcus like comparing like Macintosh apples to like uh, Granny Smith apples. I don't know my apples too well. I, personally, um, I like Old Delicious, Red Delicious. Oh. I don't know apples. Sorry, I tried to jump <laughs> tried in with though, the goop. Tried, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get to the last part here. The man bun was retired for one night tonight, mm-hmm. and statistically. Kelly Olenek has not been as good without the man bun, but we can throw it out the window now. I mean, that was obviously a legitimate statistic, and now it's ruined because <laughs> Sam, Kelly Olenek, let that hair flow, and he let that shot flow, and he was phenomenal tonight. He had an amazing stretch. He scored 13 straight points, three straight threes. I think he also had a nice diving steal in there, but this is classic Kelly Olenek. He's going to score, what, four points against the Wizards on two shots? He just has never put together a stretch of games longer than two or three where he has performances like this, and so we get all excited because Kelly Olenek's finally doing something, and then he goes back to old Kelly. So talk to me when he does it for five straight games. The team often is doing well, and at the same time, they want to get stops. Just playing within our own. I mean, that's what kind of team we are. We move the ball like that. Everyone's going to play well. We just have to understand that as a team. As a team, our offense is doing well, and at the same time, able to get stops. Just playing within our offense. One of the things Brad talked about was just seems to get more comfortable with these guys. Are you feeling more comfortable? And how do you know when you finally are kind of, you know, you're fitting in with the group? Because you've been in a couple different teams, so you know that. Right. Uh, just finding my way. You know, uh, staying true to myself, uh, doing what I do on offense, which is check the screens and rolls. And at the same time, we're playing within the flow of our offense. So, just, just like I said, just stay, stick it to what I do best. You know, that's on the floor. Uh, all the hustle plays, rebounds, putbacks, and uh, finding my way. 
It was good. I feel like we were able to get stops. That was the main thing for us. Um, you know, we shot the ball pretty well. We got going. A few guys got hot. And um, only thing that we're continuing to do is foul. And, um, we have to be smarter about that. Uh, we know that we're switching that lot and guards are getting more small, but we still have to be smart. That's something we need to work on. A little bit. I feel like it can definitely improve, uh, especially in the second half. Um, you know, that's something that I know we need to fix, and I try to tell everyone else. In the first half, we moved the ball, in the second half, we kind of you know, sticks a little bit. But, you know, those are that's a, something we can correct. And, we just have to continue to have that mindset going into every single game to share the ball. Yeah, but you feel like you guys kind of need a night like this where everything's flowing, you know, it's a comfortable game for the most part? We did, but at the same time, we can't go into the next game uh, feeling good about ourselves. And, you know, that's when we play relaxed and the team comes out and gets our early lead. We, we have to let this game carry over to the Washington game and come out and, and play hard. You mentioned that uh, game tougher and stretch for you guys, six of the eight. How are you guys approaching that? Just game by game. Uh, we know that we've been traveling a lot. It's all mental. Um, we just have to take it game by game and stick together and, and go out there and, and play hard and execute on both ends of the floor. You guys haven't had, uh, because of injuries, too much time together with, with you and Marcus and Jay out there at the same time. But what can that kind of combination I think just a, a great defensive group. Um, obviously, that's uh, all our strengths, and uh, we know that we can help our team out on a consistent basis because of the energy we bring on a defensive end. And whenever coach puts us in together, you know, I know we're looking at each other like, man, we can we can pull some stops off. And um, I enjoy playing with both both of those guys, and having a smart tonight. He works so hard. And, I tell him after every game, I appreciate him. I'm happy he got his first grade. Happy for him. How much do you think that was part of the 
I think the sky's the limit. It's just a mindset. If everyone wants to buy into playing team basketball, you know, anything's possible. But if we don't, and we continue not to move the ball, it's going to be up and down here. Hey, what kind of presence has Amir made the last couple of weeks just with his ball, you know, rim protection, rebounds, that type of thing? I think he makes it easier on us, the guards. Uh, you know, we're able to get into the ball a little bit more because we know if we get beat, we have someone protecting, protecting us at the rim. And um, he's just doing a great job playing that role for us. I mean, that's what kind of team we are. We move the ball like that. Everyone's going to play well. Uh, we just have to understand that as a team. Any lineup changes or everything? Same as Wednesday. Brad, the group that you had on the floor at the very end of the last four or five minutes last game, was there anything you saw in that group that maybe you hadn't seen before? I mean, I, I, I anticipated that that would be one of our better groups for a while. We just haven't been able to play it because of injuries. Um, so, um, you know, we'll see if we get a chance to play those guys a lot or a little, but. Those guys all can guard up a up a position, um, and they can we can we can be effective playing small at times with them. Um, you know the, the the reality is that is small. Um, that's not just you know playing skilled at the four and the three. That's that's a small group. So we're going to have to make sure if we do that that we get into the passing lanes that we're really aggressive and that we rebound well enough. How well can you? Make another team play to your style when you're going. Well, I mean, I don't know that we made them play to our style. I mean, they had C.J. Miles at the four. So, as much as anything, we were just we were both matched up with each other. Um, but I think that that's you know we've seen this across the league that the league is a lot like that. So you have to take that into account with regard to defending um, the other team, and then. You know, then the, the question becomes, if you're going to play different than the other team, can you expose them on the other end, um, specifically with size or posting or whatever the case may be. So uh, I don't know if it makes people match up to us per se, but certainly, you know, we factor that in as we're, you know, deciding who to put on the floor when. But, it's, you know, we just haven't had a chance to play that group very much. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm hopeful that we'll get a – a, a run of opportunities to do that. Coach, with Bledsoe out, how does that change the way you approach that? Well, I mean, he's been out long enough that, that you uh, you have a good amount of film, obviously, on how they're playing. Uh, I think Knight and Booker are both capable of going off for huge nights. I've been really impressed with Booker watching him on film as a young guy, you know, averaging 14.9 over his last seven games. He's got a chance to be a pretty good one. Um, and then, you know, hey, Tucker and Markeith Morris and, and those guys, and John Luer had 19 against us last year. They've all given us fits in the past uh, to let of it. So um, what they're doing with their second group provides some real challenges playing to Ledovich and Markeith at the four and the five because that's awfully skilled. Um, and then, you know, with Markeith's ability to put the ball on the floor post or shoot it, that becomes a problem. When the Celtics acquired Isaiah from Phoenix, what did you know about him then? Has his game changed much with, under the, uh, with the Celtics? I knew he was small. I knew he was fearless. I knew he was talented. Um, I had heard nothing but great things about his work ethic. Um, right when we got him, uh, I heard that he was probably a little bit better defending than people had thought. Um, and 
you know, as I watch him now on film versus watching him in, you know, in our March games or even our April games, he's really improved on that end of the floor. And then he's just gotten more comfortable with regard to his opportunities on the other end of the floor for us. I mean, he's a dynamic scorer, as we all know, um, but he makes a lot of other plays too. Do you see him as staying in the starting line for the rest of the season? I think right now he's playing awfully well, Bill. So, um, you know, it'd be hard to argue um, that he should be one of the guys playing the most minutes for us, whether that means starting to come off the bench. I haven't put any thought into it because it's never crossed my mind that he shouldn't be right now. Right, with the deadline that brought Isaiah here, what do you remember about all the craziness where like 12 point guards got dealt with in like an hour up until the final buzzer? No, oh, listen, I, the, I don't remember it great because I was preparing for the next game and I was actually getting ready for a team meeting um, right at the deadline and then we were all going to go and practice because we were in Sacramento at the time and I got a call from Danny probably 10 minutes before the deadline and said it doesn't look like we're going to do anything and I got a call two minutes or eight minutes later that said you know we talked about this real briefly but what do you think and um, so it was a obviously a unique quick um, last minute thing uh, so he was either throwing me a curveball or uh, things really did happen at that last minute. So it was unique, yeah. And then, you know, when Isaiah, Isaiah had to fly out here while we were on the West Coast and he was in Phoenix to do all his physical. So the first time I ever talked to him was on FaceTime <laughs> about our playbook. We watched our playbook together on FaceTime. And then, and then um, you know, two days later I met him and, you know, I always give him grief because he didn't make it to the end of that game. And then we were in Phoenix a day later. So it was kind of a crazy whirlwind there. Did it mean a lot to you to have Danny call you and you know pick your brain? Well, we, I mean, he does that with all of those things. I mean, I, I have, I have an opinion to offer, and if he wants to use it, he can use it. But he's been great about asking my thoughts on things. Yeah. Fred, Isaiah mentioned recently he was a little apprehensive when he first heard about the trade, but then after that FaceTime call with you, he was completely on board. What was that call like? I don't know. I mean. I, I'm sitting. I'm sitting there. I don't. I, don't, I think it was. Uh, it must have been that Friday we played Sacramento, or um, so. You know, we were looking at our at our roster for that night. And Jonas and Gigi weren't going to be at the game, and Isaiah wasn't going to be at the game, and Jared had just gotten hurt and was done for a while, and so we've got like eight or nine guys getting ready to play a game. So my mind's spinning, anyways. But I just felt like the more that we could communicate sooner than later, the better. And you know, just get him into our playbook ASAP. And we didn't run a ton of stuff early on, and we we really kind of inched into that as the season progressed. Um, but you know, obviously, he was a huge pickup for our team. Small, when you go small, that one big is that just a matter of who's playing well? Is that a matchup situation? Is that ideally a mirror? Well, I think the biggest thing is is you look at again who can be most effective on both ends and weigh them. You know, weigh that in some instead of just looking at who could score or who could defend. And um, you know, Amir's Amir's flexibility to guard any kind of big from you know a, a, a skilled guy like Morris to a big guy like Chandler who runs and rolls to the rim certainly makes him a you know reasonable option a lot. Um, but those other guys, you know, maybe somebody's got it going or maybe somebody's got a good matchup, whatever the case may be. It, you just kind of make that call as you see it game to game. Does it seem to you like the mirror is moving? 
I think Amir's played well, um, you know, really for the last couple weeks. You know, he's, I think he's been pretty consistent. Right. But an established scholarship in Andrews Lane. What's, what's that mean? Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, I think that that's something that, um, you know, I'm glad they did it. It's obviously a great tribute to him. And, and, and at the end of the day, I think, um, you know, I think we all knew that we would they would do something. And so, um, you know, I think that'll be the, the first of many types of things established for him. And um, But I know how much he loved Butler. And I know how much, you know, his wife appreciates that. And um, so that's a, that's a really nice gesture on their part. And I'm glad it happened soon. Like, I'm glad it happened really quickly. Um, Brad, how good was it to be able to rest a couple guys in the fourth quarter playing again tomorrow night? Well, I mean, obviously, you don't go into the game thinking about tomorrow night. Um, you're just trying to do your best in that game. But, you know, Isaiah played the first and the third and didn't play at all in the second or the fourth. You know, he was getting ready to sub in in the second, and that was when Kelly started going, and that group kind of got going. And so we just let him rest. And, um, you know, so for him to end up with 24 minutes and for Amir to play less than 20, you know, it's probably a good thing. Coach, speaking of Kelly getting going, what were your thoughts on that little stretch that he put together at the end of the second quarter? I mean, the, everything feels better when the ball hits the net. You know, I, I think that that's the bottom line. I mean, he can he can shoot the basketball. He was clearly feeling good. Um, and, you know, once he hit one or two, then, you know, the, the, uh, the rim just looks a little wider. And it was good. We, we needed a night where we shot the ball well from three. Um, so it was good to see the ball go through the net zone. Hey, uh, is Marcus playing with more confidence? Uh, I know he had a, the triple-double tonight, but is he just more, more of a swagger, second year, more confident? Yeah, I don't – you know, the one thing, and, you know, I say this out of, like, respect for his game, I don't think confidence is ever an issue. I think he, he – you know, he's a he's a physical kid. He's a competitive kid. Um, he believes he belongs out there, and he believes he can excel out there. And, you know, he's getting better every time he takes the court. Uh, he did some really good things tonight, including, you know, guarding Mirza when Mirza got going, which was really good. And, um, you know, that's what we need him to be. We need him to be kind of a jack-of-all-trades. Um, about Marcus, too. I guess, how do you gauge his progress from last year to this year? And is it even fair to do that given the injuries and stuff? I'm like not that sure from a shooting standpoint it's fair because of the rhythm of the season and the breakup and the, as far as him not being on the court for a month, you know, and not being able to really do anything basketball wise for a month. You know, I think that we'll be able to better gauge that down the road. Um, but I think, you know, he's doing a lot of other good things. And, um, you know, I think he's improved as a ball handler. I think he's improved as a point guard. Uh, he's improved off pick and rolls. And, you know, you're not seeing, you're not going to see a ton of that until he gets more extended game after game after game. We have a 20 game or 30 game sample, which, you know, hopefully we can get without any, without any issues. Brad, uh, you had 21 assists in the first half alone. Yeah. How did that ball movement help you build the early lead? Yeah, in our first 11 baskets, we had 11 assists. It felt like we were really moving the ball and we were playing good offense. I didn't think we were great defensively, really, at any point in the night, but they they really um, 
kind of put us in a bind late in that game when they were playing Toledovich at the five. Um, so that was tough, and Toledovich got going. So, but I thought our guys, you know, they figured it out enough on that end of the court, and we were scoring pretty consistently throughout the game. And the sharing of the ball was a big reason why. Brad, what has Amir brought in the last couple of weeks? I guess since he came back from the plantar fasciitis, he's just kind of been really effective. Yeah, he's been really good. Um, you know, tonight, again, it was good to not have to play him, you know, too much. And um, But he's a, he's a good player, and I just think he's getting more comfortable playing with us, playing in our system. And, you know, he's only been here a couple of months. And I was watching tape of Isaiah from last year when he first got here, the, the game at Phoenix, and then as we went into March. And it takes him – it took him a while to get – even though he was – doing some dynamic things that were catching all of our attention. It took him a while to be comfortable on both ends of the floor. And, you know, that's part of Amir's transition here. But he's doing great. I mean, he's really had a good last couple of weeks. Brad, this is the, you know, third, I think third straight game now where you have the same nine-man rotation. seems the guys are kind of, feel like guys are just kind of really settling into their roles, both from a starting and the bench standpoint. Well, you know, I think... I think there's going to be games that necessitate that other guys play. I mean, we've got two really good guys, Tyler Zeller and David Lee, that didn't play, and they could play against, you know, certainly bigger teams. It just where it happens we're in a stretch of teams where in the New York game we chose to go small because it was a curveball that we felt like might help us in that game. But in the last two, you're basically – your hand is forced a little bit because of the way that both teams play and the way that their four men shoot it um, with Toledovich and with and with uh, C.J. Miles. So I, I like the group that's playing, but I like the guys that aren't. And so we'll see. Um, it was, I mean, a blessing in disguise. It definitely turned my career around. And it hurt at first because I've never been traded and never been in that situation. but. Um, it's a better situation for myself here. Um, I'm loved here, and, and people like what I do, and I, that, that's, I appreciate it. How long did it take for you to realize that Boston was a different type of opportunity, that they really needed a point guard like you were, as Phoenix like and a few of them? The first game when I played against the Lakers, probably, it just, it was weird for, for even the players and the, and the coaching staff to say, just be you, go out there, make stuff happen. And it, it's been like that since day one. And, and they put me in a position to be successful, and, and it's been it's been a, a good ride. Hopefully, I can I can be here for a while. What's the atmosphere like uh, this time of year, playing on a team? You know, you're talking about trade this time last year. You were coming on to this team. So, what's it like being on a team and being around players and knowing that the trade deadline is looming? Um, it's you just gotta worry about the things you can't control. And that's probably the hardest part. I mean, it's easier said than done, but in the NBA, you can control how you go out there and play and give it your all, and, but you can't control the business part of it. So you got to try to be locked in as, as, as much as possible and, and, and worry about what you can do for the team. And then whatever happens at, at that point in time happens. But it, is, it is a stressful time for players. Do you convey that to some of you? have a little more job security, probably UJ and AB a little bit more. Locked in with some of the younger guys, haven't experienced that, haven't yeah. gotten their first, you know, real contract. Uh, how do you help them kind of process? This? Um, like I said, control what you can control, and, and if you would just worry about those things, you'll be fine. Just 
you know, contract years and, and getting traded, that's always on a player's mind. I mean, that's just what it is. But at the same time, if you do what's best for the team and worry about what what, what comes first with the team, you know, you'll be all right. I mean, but it is easier said than done, though. Did you come to fall on that block? Did you see it? I was all ball. <laughs> that was going to be my third block in three games. <laughs> you know, I'm a shot blocker now. Yeah, you got to pretty high on that one. He's a little taller than him. Yeah, I thought he was going to try to dunk it, honestly. But I definitely got all ball. But the rest was probably a surprise. That's why they called the foul. As they went with a game like this, two for you guys, when the threes start falling and the offense is moving. Just gives us more confidence knowing that we could play at a high level. And, um, it gives us confidence going into Washington. I mean, there's a game that, that we needed and we wanted very bad. And uh, we just got got to go into Washington and try to handle business there. What's it like when everybody's scoring the ball this well, helping you out? Oh, it's, 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 it's nice. I mean, it's a confidence booster. Um, everybody's playing on selfish and, it, and you just got to build on that. Because you know every night is not going to be like that. But when the nights it is like that, it's a, it's, it's a good night for us. Have you done anything to try to help bring Marcus along as a point guard? Um, just tell him to be, be an extension of a coach out there. And I mean, I've had talks with him a few times just about it's your team. Like, like when you're out there, those, those five guys, it's your team. Whatever play you call, that 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 trumps anything anybody else said because you're the point guard. And I think he's, he's doing a better job of that and really really running the team when he's out there. And, and he's a hell of a player, man, a player that doesn't come around all the time, just out. out. The energy he brings and, and the effort he brings each and every night. Today in the Players Tribune, Jason Terry, Rodnarko arguing that you should be an all-star. How much did that mean to you, him being your mentor growing up? Um, it means the world, man, because it, it surprised me. I didn't even know he was doing that. And, and I, I texted him today and he said, all I want, if you do make it, is a ticket for me and my wife. So <laughs> I said, I got you. Hopefully I do make it. But he's been a, a big supporter of mine. Like, like I've known him almost my whole life. So. He's one of the um, one of my mentors and somebody that I look up to, not just on the court but off the court. Get the victory because you guys have had individual success on nights and not come out with that victory. Uh, it feels good, you know, just all around the table for everybody and, and this team, you know, much needed. You know, we, we were in a slump and you know we came out with two uh, two victories at home, much needed, and now we start this road trip and uh, hopefully we, we can we can ride this wave. Yeah, feel like you have much more confidence. Uh, definitely, you know, uh, you know, still working myself back into the group of things. Uh, the injury, and, you know, my teammates have done a great job, of, you know, uh, allowing me to do that. And uh, you know, understand that it's going to take time. And uh, you know, when you have a team and a coaching staff that, that allows you to do that, it's easy. Um, it when you've had injuries before, it seemed. You, your shot was like the last thing to kind of come back around. Uh, talk about the patience that you need to have, because obviously that's a that's something all players want to be able to do consistently. Uh, yeah, you, you know, you have to have patience. You know, especially when you're not able to practice. You know, you, know, you, you playing back back night, so, night, so you definitely have to have patience, and you can't really you know get frustrated with yourself, with yourself, and uh, you have to know that it's going to come. With this tough road stretch coming up for you guys, what uh, challenges does Washington pose for you guys and John Wall? Just, you know, um, you know, in open court, you know, fast break. You know, they get out, they run, they're very well organized, and they run away. 
the other day you guarded Chris Stapps, tonight it was Teletovich. What are you trying to do against guys that much bigger than you? Uh, some of my teammates actually said they're trying to convert me to a four. <laughs> so, I, you know, just you know, just try to use my ability, you know, my strength, and my quickness against those guys, uh, and just to slow them down, and, uh, and you know, just you know, kind of throw their game off with offensive end. Do you enjoy those kind of challenges? I mean, going up against a guy seven two, going up against a guy who's significantly <laughs> bigger than you. Uh, definitely, you know, it's, it's fun to play. And, uh, Make sure you get caught